Welcome to an all new episode of What the Tech Just Happened. For weeks, we have been talking about working in a virtual world, but it's time for a little playtime. Today, we're going to be covering the fascinating world of esports and how the virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality worlds collide. And we even have a special preview on how you may be able to be the first to get your hands on the newest VR headset. All this and more on today's episode of What the Tech Just Happened. Good morning, Robin Tyler. Good morning. How are you, Penny? Good. We have a very special guest with us today to talk about virtual reality. Uh, Sam Harrington, who is Connections, uh, we're going to call him our web merchandising czar or extraordinaire. Ooh. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Why don't, Sam, you give a, a brief intro just about, you know, I think I totally blew your intro out of the water here, but why don't you uh, give a little background on what you do at Connection uh, for our listeners today? Yeah, sure. So what I do at Connection is that I do digital marketing for Connections partners, um, for our major partners like HP, Lenovo, Dell, Microsoft Surface, Cisco, Microsoft licensing, and you know, and go down the list. Whether that be, you know, building landing pages on our website, whether that be Google ads or social media ads or account-based marketing. So I'm kind of just that that guy that's in the office trying to get that, you know, the partner's messaging to the to the right people, to the right target audience. And let's not forget our daily specials. Right. I do also do the connection deal of the week. Um, so we have a deal every week. Starts Monday at 10 a.m. and ends Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Excellent. So if you have ever, and I know uh, some of these deals are smashing. Uh, so if you have ever seen the deals of the week, Sam is the man with the plan. Or if you have a problem with it, don't reach out to Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please do not. There's never any problems though, so. Never, never, never. Uh, The only problem is that they usually sell out because the deal is so great. So always uh, check your inbox on Monday mornings uh, so you know what the deal of the week is. All right, so as I mentioned in my intro, we, uh, I'm actually really excited for today's episode because I feel like for weeks we have been talking about working remotely and collaborating remotely and all of that is uh, learning from a distance, all of that stuff. And so today I'm actually really excited to kind of dive back into one of our favorite topics, which is esports. Uh, Rob, one of your favorite topics uh, as well, but not just esports, really kind of looking at a virtual reality as a whole. You know, what's the difference between different virtual reality settings, uh, who some of the big players are in the space. And like I teased in the intro, we have a special offer and uh, Sam Harrington, our web czar, is going to share uh, some exclusive news with us during this podcast and how you can get your hands on one of the newest VR sets. So Rob, why don't I ask you real quick to just give us a a refresher on how robust the esports industry currently is and what we are expecting to see in esports over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, we've done a, a number of podcasts on esports and it's it's an exploding industry. It's it's one of the ones that 
a lot of the high schools and colleges now use to uh, recruit and also get more interest in students that normally uh, would be left out some of the uh, for, with some of these after our activities. So eSports is a great way for them to get involved. And one thing that's really interesting too is through COVID, uh, now that our professional sports teams kind of took a, a little break or a gap year, if you want to call it that for them, we have found that there's been a, a real insurgence in eSports too. So it's one of the fastest growing industries out there right now. I think it's e so interesting to watch professional athletes play eSports now. I know that that's something that ESPN is doing recently. Oh, really? Been doing like simulated games of like if there was supposed to be an NHL game with the Flyer, Flyers and the Islanders one night, they're playing that game through a simulation and playing it, having the actual commentators talking over the game feed on ESPN and, and the other sporting things. So I thought that that's pretty. Wow. Cool I have that's not really seen cool. that yet. So yeah, they're, they're awesome. actually taking the game. They're reenacting the game through, through uh, eSports. Yeah. That's, inc that's incredible. <laughs> I can't even that imagine is. what that's like. <laughs> it's a world we live in right now. We're improvising and making the most. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And you know what, Tyler, with that piece of information, you have redeemed yourself from marble racing. <laughs> That's right. what, was I, what was I was watching a show and they actually were talking about marble racing and they was said, oh, yeah, I watched, that down. it was one of the athletes that was talking about it. They said, yeah, I've been watching marble racing. I'm like, oh, my God. People All the who great. love Tyler sports, Beckett, LeBron yeah. James, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I, uh, I was talking to and I'm, I'm sure Robert, uh, you know, He's one of the many when you are kind of go through what your growth is around esports. But I was talking to my nephew over the weekend. He's 17 years old and he's super interested in game design, game play, all around. He's he said, I pretty much know everything about every single video game there is and I can play it, but I don't think I'm ever gonna be fast enough or really into it enough to actually play the game for a living. And he started to say to me all of these things around the esports industry that he could do for a job. And so that's what he, he he's planning on doing. There's like this, we look at the playing of the game as sort of the industry and the, the sport itself. But this is you know, going to open up doors for students, you know, in marketing industries, in operational and game design, you know, coding is going to be a huge piece of this. So it's kind of neat to hear firsthand from someone who's actually looking to go into the industry. He's like, oh, yeah, like, there's so much opportunity in this space. Like, I, it's a good time to be a teenager is what he said to me. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is an amazing space. And I can't believe how much it's ex exploding right now. We've given all the stats before. Um, one of the things they're talking about is how much it is growing. And they use you know the, the compound annual growth rate of 9%. So they're saying that viewership right in 2019, just last year, was 454 million viewers. And they're saying that's going to grow to be over 646 million by uh, 2023. So it just shows that there's a, a phenomenal rate of growth. Um, I found out that more people in 2019 watched the League of Legends World Championship uh, than watched the Super Bowl. So again, just to kind of put it into perspective that this is not a fad. We've talked about that in past podcasts. This thing is, is truly here to stay and is growing at phenomenal rates. And then as we see it start to expand into, you know, VR, it, it just, it's mind blowing what, what that's going to start to do now that opens up a whole new world. And I know that there are leagues out there right now that are strictly VR leagues. So they go out there and they have particular games that they play with just the VR headsets and they compete on that level. Um, I know we had our task team 
uh, for esports, we actually went to Woburn. We did a um, we did a field trip. Of, I don't know about six seven months ago, uh, before COVID hit, and we went to a place called Mind Trek in Woburn, Massachusetts. Oh yeah, I've been wanting to go there. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So they have a couple of two thousand square foot um, areas, and they're all gridded off, and they have access points there. And then you put on the VR headset. You have the backpack on. And then they have different games that you can play. So I think eight people can go in as a team and you go in there and you can fight battles against aliens or what, what, again, whatever the virtual reality world that they put you in. It was phenomenal. I mean, again, it's one of those things where you're, you are immersed in this VR world. Anybody on the outside that's watching thinks you look really goofy because there could be this black hole that you're seeing and you're trying to step over it. Now, step back for a second and look at the audience. They see these people <laughs> with these headsets on doing these goofy leaps over just a piece of floor. You know? But it is, I mean, when you get in there, it's amazing that it just takes over the mind and your your eyes and it's just, wow, okay, I I really feel like I see a hole there. And if I step in, I'm going to fall and you can't get your mind to think otherwise. So it just shows you the power of the graphics, what they've done, the technology, wh where it's going. And now these new VR headsets that we're going to talk about what it, what it does. It's uh, it's really interesting. And it, it seems like a, a huge industry as well. You mentioned, I saw a stat um, in 2019 that VR, it was a $6.2 billion industry. And by 2022, it's supposed to get somewhere between 18 and 20 billion. So it's obviously something that's um, going to be on the rise and, and obviously with with uh, you know great equipment great technology we're going to see even more I think than that I agree so and when we look at esports we you know Robbie said we're starting to see uh, VR but it's been predominantly you know controller computer keyboard based but over the last year there's been more than about 1500 players that have participated in VR specific leagues that you mentioned with over $290,000 um in prize money being given away and we are always talking about what is sort of continues to drive and you know inject cash into the industry and that's sponsorships that's you know the game game developers themselves you know we all know monster energy was always a, a huge a gaming sponsor uh and things like that so i i'm really interested to see what the vr world looks like because i i think vr has been a bit slower across the board for people to adopt it's almost like uh remember when we all went remote and people started using their cameras when for years we've had cameras to use and none of us ever use them and then all of a sudden you can't get on a call without everyone being on a, on camera anymore. I wonder if we're going to see something, you know, a uh, very similar kind of be the turning point in esports where everyone goes from that keyboard or controller base to more of a interactive virtual world. And I do I might actually watch those cuz that would be really funny competitions to watch everyone with their VR headset. Well, they they do they do cool things with that. So you're right, Penny. I think there's a, there's going to be a real evolution when it when it comes to this. And if you look at some of the VR headsets that initially came out, and they were, you know, the ones that you could buy for twenty thirty dollars, and you put your iPhone into it, yeah. And uh, you know, they had the different apps. They they're actually kind of cool. 
but it doesn't give you that that full you know what a six seven thousand uh, dollar VR headset can do with you know an i7 processor et cetera et cetera. Uh, but I think we you're going to get to the point of diminishing returns where when these things are starting to be mass produced and mass purchased that those prices are going to drop to the point where people are going to go okay I'll spend couple hundred dollars on something like that, that kind of technology. And then you're going to see that a lot of these esports competitions, what they're starting to do now is when they set up these mini arenas or even larger arenas, they're getting the, um, the digital displays in place. And they're actually taking the person that can do that, that's doing the VR and they'll put them in the middle of the room. And so they'll be immersed in it and say they'll have their saber and, you know, whatever is coming at them there and, and they're scoring points. But you'll be able to see what they're seeing by looking at the large screens as well. So that's another way that we as an audience can participate because they look at that, you know, 646 million people are going to be watching this in a, in a few years. They want to capitalize on that. And if they see that there's a growth in a certain area like VR, then they're going to go, okay, what can we do to make that experience better for, for the audience? So you're going to see more of these things happening. And uh, we've let our guests just kind of sit there and, and, and listen, but we do, we definitely want to get Sam's input on on this particular VR headset and and how it fits into this whole realm that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is a good a good opportunity. So we one of our uh, manufacturers that that Sam mentioned has a brand new uh, VR headset uh, that is hitting the market. So Sam, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about HP's Reverb G2 and kind of what connection is offering our listeners with a special promotion right now? Yeah, thank you, Penny. So the HP Reverb G2 VR headset was released just under two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, HP launched that on their website and on the Steam website as well. Um, and what really is the unique driver for this and why so many people are interested in this headset is because the Reverb G1, you know, HP worked on that by themselves. But with the Reverb G2, they actually developed the headset with Valve. All the gamers in the world, they all know what Valve is. You know, Valve is well known for games like Left 4 Dead and Half-Life and, you know, Counter-Strike. So Valve is, you know, huge in the gaming industry, um, you know, and HP has collaborated with them on this headset. When looking at the lenses and the speakers on the actual headset, they're actually developed by Valve. Um, so, you know, to the gamers out there that, you know, the speakers on the Reverb G2 are actually the same exact speakers you're going to get on the Valve Index. Um, and the lenses that are on the HP Reverb G2 are also developed by Valve. Um, those are brand new lenses, so those lenses aren't on a current VR headset right now. Um, but you know that they're really changing the game. It's really the most interesting Windows mixed reality headset to date, due to HP, Microsoft, and Valve working together on this. You know, it's the first Windows mixed reality headset to have four inside-out tracking cameras. The first, uh, you know, the G1, the first generation of the Reverb only had two. Um, this one has four tracking cameras. I mean, HP really speaks to how comfortable the headset is. So this is really going to, you know, this is really going to change the game for HP and Windows Mixed Reality. And, you know, this is the next step in the right direction. I um, mean, you know, HP's raising the bar with this G2. And, you know, I'm proudly happy to say that, you know, Connection right now has an exclusive pre-order on this, re on this HP Reverb G2 headset. So, 
you know, we're we're the only partner in the channel offering this pre-order. So, you know, I definitely urge you to, you know, look into the look into the headset if you're a gamer, you know, do some research, get hyped up about it, go to our website and pre-order it. I think, you know, with the the growth that we've seen, uh, you know, we mentioned esports, but there's also a huge opportunity in education to use, you know, virtual reality headsets and it's already being used in high ed and in K through 12. And I know uh, there's a huge partnership with Steam and Steam VR and they over in the month of April, actually had over 1 million new headsets connected to their Steam VR platform. And that is, you know, primarily, I, I don't want to say children, but it it's for school age kids, the programs that are there for learning, for um, for entertainment, but it's it's basic a basically an adolescent platform. And that's a, you know, when they look at over 1 million headsets, that's triple the growth of their largest previous month. Um, so as we've been in a distance learning environment, headsets uh, more and more are being connected. Kids are wanting that interactive experience, even in a, in a virtual world. And so I, I think both in the, the esports uh, gaming, as well as the learning environment, uh, there's a huge opportunity for a headset like this. And come, you know, being able to wear, like you're saying, if you're out there, like with light, save, light is it lightsabers or light? Oh, you guys are going to kill me. I'm not going to say this, right? <laughs> Saber, yes. A saber. <laughs> lightsaber? Yes. Not to be confused okay. with a lifesaver. Or a lightsaver. <laughs> um, I'm always good for one in a podcast episode. But, you know, if you're moving around and you are uh, wearing it for a long time for a competition or if you're uh, doing, uh, you know, classwork or something, you have to be able to wear this headset and not have it be super heavy or you know, uncomfortable around your ears or your head. Because the second you have, and I don't want to downplay it being, you know, comfortable or uncomfortable, because when you have a headset on, if you can feel it around your eyes or you can feel it pinching around your head, that immediately pulls your brain out of the experience. So you can't really be fully immersed if you have distractions like poor sound, poor, you know, bad quality lenses or, you know, uh, a bad fit uh, around your head and, and face. So uh, really exciting what HP uh, has done with their collaboration with Valve um, and Microsoft to actually bring something that could be a leader in the next gen of, of virtual reality. And I thought it was really interesting too. I saw um, besides just the um, the education and the the gaming, it's being used a ton in in the healthcare industry as well. Um, not only with with looking into like phobia and anxiety disorders, which I thought was really interesting, being able to to test people out in a safe environment, looking at their heart rate and perspiration if they have some kind of anxiety or stress disorder, or even in children when they're getting um, some type of vaccine or a shot, you could totally completely make them you know feel like they're not there and reduce the pain. So there's, I'm sure there's a ton of other ways that, that it's being used, but I thought that those were some pretty interesting ones as well. Yeah, that is really cool. It's a, what I find so interesting about it is being able to create these, these situations or the, like an experience like that, like a, a phobia, like if you have a phobia of falling or you have a phobia of being in a small space, you, it's not easy to recreate you falling and say, see, there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> um, but in a virtual world, you can actually do that. You can have a simulated fall and teach people how to 
control their body, control their their minds around how it, you know, uh, what they're feeling. So the I think the opportunity for virtual reality is very large, and we are really just scratching the the surface of it. But for those listening, I, I one thing that we talked about before we started was sort of all of the different terminology you hear: VR, AR, MR, you know, and then AI on top of it. And we've got all of these two-letter acronyms. Um, and so I did some, you know, a little bit of research, and it really helped me sort of understand what the the differences are in the virtual world. And I, I think a really easy way to break it down is looking at an immersive experience, a semi-immersive experience, and a a non-immersive virtual experience. And sort of an example of, of each is obviously immersive. You're fully in it. So you put on that headset and you are in another world. You are, you know, and that's a, for those who may have seen um, Player One. Have you guys seen Player One? Yes, you guys haven't. I have not. Okay. I've seen, I have seen Player One. Player One. I, that is your homework, Robin Tyler. All right. To go and watch Player One uh, this week or weekend. It was. It's actually really cool. It's. It's very futuristic world, but they live. Uh, basically, they work with a VR headset on, and they like that's how they make a living and and all of that. And then they take the headset off, and it's like this very futuristic, dingy. I don't want to say low, like low class, but in poverty, like these people are living in poverty, but their headsets on during the day and they're working and fighting in this other world where they're like a superhero and and all of this. So it's really, it's really interesting because you actually, when you start watching the movie, you assume that's just the world they're in um, until they take their headset off and it's a completely different world. So that would be, uh, you know, immersive. There's you're interacting with everything virtual around you. You can touch it, feel it, hear it, see it. And then so semi immersive is more of that augmented reality where, you know, you can put on a headset and maybe other people in other places have a headset on and all of you are sort of holograms in the same space or people are hologrammed in your space or you say you're a designer you're trying to move furniture around in a space. That furniture is virtual, but the space itself is real. So that's more of that mixed or augmented reality. Or Tyler, you said Pokemon Go. I thought that was a a great one. You're not you don't have a headset on, but you're seeing Pokemon in the real world. That's an augmented uh, an example of a semi-immersive augmented reality. And then the non-immersive uh, would be things like remember the first time you guys sat in front of a crystal clear TV or a crystal clear video game and the graphics were out of this world or you were in like a 3D movie, like an IMAX where you're like, oh my God, it feels so real. It's like I can reach out and touch it. That's your non-immersive virtual reality where you don't, you're not in it. You're not interacting with it, but you are, um, or you are interacting with it, but you're not inside of it, or can move things around or touch things. So where where does three like three D glasses and three D films fit into that? I'd say I'd say non immersive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because you you see them and they're they're in front of you, but you can't interact with them. Right. Okay. So that it's makes just sense. yeah. That I mean. I'm not an expert on VR. Someone could someone could email us at podcast at connection.com and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, you know, it's it's interesting to as all of these technologies continue to emerge, I think there's gonna be so many different variations. I mean, we live basically in the non-immersive right now in our day to day. Sometimes I watch TV and I feel like I'm sitting right inside 
the whatever I'm watching, it, it seems so clear. Um, but I think the semi-immersive and fully immersive, uh, we're going to see the rate of growth in those areas. Because um, I think we're at that point now with software. And that was always the the biggest uh, problem wasn't necessarily the hardware. It was having all of the, the software that gave you the experience that the headset promised uh, has always been lacking. And Lane Shelton talked to us about that before. He's an avid user of... Um, of VR headsets, but he always just feels like there's something lacking on the development side. Um, and we might be at that tipping point where we start to see the development come as the the technology gets better and um, more affordable, like you were saying, Rob, you know, mass produced technology, uh, if the software is there, becomes very, very easy. Yeah, and then uh, what you guys touched on too, I think is really interesting between education and the absolute scope and, and depth of what could actually happen in education and and how we're teaching even you know special needs kids that really can get over the hump through some of these particular programs that are being built via VR uh, I mm -hmm. think is just absolutely groundbreaking and then like Tyler was saying you know in the healthcare industry I mean even if it's just to like you said to calm anxiety because people get very anxious about going to the doctors or now with telemedicine going on I mean how are they going to connect VR with telemedicine I mean it's just it's mind-blowing you know you, we're talking about films you know we look at Total Recall that came out in 1990 I mean that was a long time ago if you look and see that that film was pretty groundbreaking too when it came to that type of technology and now you you know fast forward 20 years a couple of decades and you see this player one that you're talking about and um you know it just takes it to another level so it'd be very curious to see where is vr going to be in even just five years from now the way technology is accelerating yeah it's it's an it's slightly scary but also really exciting how fast uh, yeah, some of this is going to This stuff is exciting. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, you know me, I get all like nervous when technology moves faster than I do, which yeah. is always. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think though, it's going to be so interesting though, um with everybody trying to fight for everybody's attention and and try to entertain you'd have to think that some of these big companies like the Sony's and all of the big TV manufacturers are going to try to immerse you so that you don't leave the couch and you're focused on that stuff too. So that should be, should be interesting to see the growth in those areas as well. It's just so from a person trying to sit down and watch TV or, or kind of just get into some kind of experience like that. That's a good point. Cause I think right now we're thinking that all of uh, maybe in this COVID environment, uh, a lot of this would be popping up already. But one thing we have to remember is a lot of manufacturers weren't manufacturing during this. They might have been, you, you probably had engineers and, you know, every person involved in coding have been coming up with ideas and thinking about what's on the horizon. Uh, and we'll see that over the next five years. I think there's there's so much like think tank innovation going on with technology uh, that as soon as manufacturing is up and running again and people are you know full you know pun intended full steam ahead that we're gonna definitely see kind of what everyone was working on for these four or five six months and you know god forbid we're back in a situation where we're all home again we might have a lot of those tools at our disposal by that point and so who knows what potentially the next phase of this would look like well think about this for a second streaming vr and I know they're experimenting with this already because you look at the the stadiums and, you know, right now through what's going on, they're, they're looking at a reopening, but it's going to look much different where they can't pack them in. 
So what if, and I know they're working on this, what if every, you know, three seats in between, you have some type of a VR tower and they're broadcasting. So people at home, they purchase that VR ticket, whatever it may cost. They put on the VR headset and they get that VR stream from that seat. And so now they can, you know, look up, look around. They're there at the stadium and they're interacting with things that are going on around them through that VR headset. I mean, that it, it, you're obviously not getting the smells and stuff of the, the stadium, but you're there <laughs> watching it as though you're sitting in that seat. I would prefer it. Would, right? I, I, I mean, I'm a natural hermit, so I, the social impact of this has not been very great on me. But if I could put a headset on and be somewhere like at a concert or at a sporting event, I would pay double to do that because I hate driving there. I hate dealing with the crowds. I hate trying to get out. I like everything's a, a full $15 day for the beer and the lines for the bathroom. Right. right. <laughs> so that's a, that's a excellent point. And when you look at something like boards that are already using a lot of AI and data, like immediately being able to pull data down from the cloud, like stats on players or stats on that kick or I almost said punch, but I guess if you're watching boxing, punching would definitely uh, be there. So be able to not only watch it, Rob, but interact with it. Like I can select this player over here and it gives me all of his stats and, you know, what he's done or what he's doing in this game. Now I'm really excited. Let's bring back sports, Tyler, because I'm ready for a virtual sports experience. <laughs> Interactive marble racing. That's what we're, we're up against. <laughs> it always comes back to marble racing. Okay, uh, this is Sam. We have, like you said, a huge opportunity here. The, the HP Reverb G2 just being uh, released. You can right now, today is June 9th, and we know at least until June 19th, Connection is the only place that you can pre-order the HP Reverb G2. Is that correct? That Do I is, have that right? That is correct. Excellent. So if you are on the Steam or Steam VR site, if you visit hp.com or connection.com, um, you can pre-order the HP Reverb G2 for $599.99, um, which puts you at the front of the line when this gets mass released in the fall of this year. So uh, we know product is in demand. Uh, manufacturing is is coming up to speed again. So you definitely want to get your order in today to make sure that you get that as soon as it comes off the line in the fall, which is super, super exciting um, for you guys listening and for connection here. Yeah, it's, it's great. They're really excited about it. And, you know, it, like I said, it's, I think this headset's really going to raise the bar, um, especially for Windows Mixed Reality. So um, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to get my hands on one when they're available. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's an exciting time especially in the VR space, as we said. So uh, whatever your uh, virtual reality needs are, whether you are in eSports, whether you are just a consumer and you love to game, or you have students that are starting to dip their toes into the world of distance learning with a headset, the HP Reverb G2 could be the right item for you. And if you have something to add to this conversation, we would certainly love to 
um, hear your feedback. If you are an experienced gamer or VR user, uh, send us a note at podcast at connection.com and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and what on whatever platform you are listening to us on today, please remember to like, share, and follow, and leave us a comment there too. We want to make sure you always get the newest episodes right on any device that you're listening to. Rob, Tyler, Sam, thank you so much. This is so great having four people on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, it was fun. So much fun. And thank you. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Game awesome. on and stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. Bye, guys. <laughs>